0: Facebook family and welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose with me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guide and servant on the healing journey, what's my name, Big Papa Brian Post. Happy freaking fabulous Friday, freaking fabulous Friday, freaking fabulous Friday, baby, you made it through another week and the weekend is here and if you're like me, you're probably not going to do anything much different than you've been doing all week, which is staying in the house, more or less. So what better thing to do than to close out Friday with a fantastic, fantastic topic. And you were warned, you saw the title of the episode, it said warning, bold letters, R-rated content, don't be messaging me, don't be texting me, don't be telling me you're offended by my language, because the topic of today is fuck you, I hate you what it really means. I don't know if it's the moon. I don't know if it's the gravity. Some of my family's been really going through it this day today. They've been going through it, started probably last night, going through it today. And I'm like, yes, this is some good stuff. We're in some pain. We're in the place where healing happens. We're in the the good stuff. And a lot of times People don't usually look at it like that, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when your kid and you are in the midst of your shit, you are both in your brainstem, and your brainstem is where all your trauma and all your pain and all your sadness and all your grief and all your hurt and all your anger is at, and you've got pathways formed around those experiences and you have to rewire those experiences if you don't rewire those experiences if you don't create new experiences nothing is going to change it is in your brain it is a pathway it's connected to your body and that's just what it is and so i thought i would talk a little bit today about when your teenage kid is really pissed at you but maybe not even pissed at all. And they say something like, fuck you. I hate you. And most parents are like, oh my god, it just kills me. It tears, pulls my heart out when my child talks to me like that. Or it's, I'm going to kill you. Because a lot of times you want to say, fuck you back. But you don't. Or you say it under your breath. But you're like, I want to strangle you. And so how many times do parents get that kind of language from their children, you hear you get all kinds of twisted up, you get all kinds of offended because you got all these messages about when you were a kid, you couldn't use that language. hey Leslie, hey Mimi, and, and hey Helen, <laughs> hey Ashley, you get all twisted up you're like church pastor says you can't you can't be talking like this, and you're like i don't know what to do I don't know if I should." cuss my kid out because that's really what I want to do. I don't know if I should tell them that language is not okay because they're just going to say it anyway. I just don't know what to do. I'm going to give you an idea, a very specific idea, very specific, very concrete idea. Actually, I'm going to give you two of them. Two very, very clear ideas on where this is coming from and how you need to look at it, what you can do about it. Now, the mom I was talking to today, whose teenage daughter, 16-year-old teenage daughter, is being really, really nasty. When the mom was telling me, okay, so first of all, after mom tells me, she's like, it just hurts me so much to hear her talk to me that way. So that's one, that's one piece. But as she's, as she's telling me the words that are coming from this child, I know this child has not received these words in this home. This child has not ever heard these words. This child is, th- These words are foreign to this child. These are not words used in this home. This, this child has not been taught these words. So where are these words coming from? And I told the mom, and here's what a lot of times you don't think about when it comes to your adopted children. You listening? Pre-natal imprints in utero imprints in utero experiences birth experiences domestic violence experiences preverbally that get stored in the brain stem in the brain stem and when the brain stem gets acted out gets gets opened up guess what comes out ugly nasty words Do the ugly, nasty words come out because the child is just being ugly and nasty? No. The ugly, nasty words come out because the child is feeling. Listen to this. They're feeling ugly and nasty. And guess what's associated and connected in their brainstem with feeling ugly and nasty? These really ugly and nasty words. So these are the words that come out. When in fact, what's actually happening, if you could see it, if you could see it, What would actually be happening is a infant balled up on their back going, But because you can't see it, what you hear instead is a 16-year-old saying, Fuck you! I hate you! I hate this fucking house! You're a bitch! You're a fat bitch! I hate everything! I hate everyone! No one's my friend! No one loves me! That's what you actually see and hear! but it ain't the truth. It ain't the truth. That's a that's a that's an optical illusion. It's an optical illusion. And so then when you hear these words, your own amygdala gets activated, your brain will push, and you have all these imprints These blueprints from when you were a child about what's not okay and what's okay and what you shouldn't say and what you can't say and the shame about saying bad things and saying naughty words around your friends when you're in the sixth grade, but as soon as you get home, you never say those words because you know you might die if you say those words to your parents. So you never say them. You can't even say fart in front of your parents because they're gonna get upset with you, and you certainly can't say damn. And now I've got this child who's saying fuck and bitch and shit and asshole and everything else, and I'm just freaking out and I don't know what to do. All of that is shooting up from your brain stem. And so then it's causing your heart rate to go up, your blood pressure escalates, your, 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 your pupils dilate, and you're like, oh my god, I don't know what to do. And then all you can think to do is tell the child, stop doing that. Or you get your feelings hurt. And if you get your feelings hurt, well, one, if you say stop doing it, guess what you just became? A threat. And you know what they say? They say, fuck you. If you say to the child, don't talk to me like that, guess what you just did? Jack their amygdala up, Opens their brainstem up even more. Puts them in deeper into that fight, reactive, emotional, yuck, yuck, yuck experience they've had. And more words come out. If you get your feelings hurt, guess what happens? You emotionally abandon. So you can't even be there with them in in that place, in that pain. So what you've got to be able to do, what you've got to try to do, what you've got to try to muster up is a deep breath. Flip your lens and see a baby. See your child's early history. And you say, your response is, what else? Tell me more. I'm here. Tell me how bad you feel. Tell me how bad you feel. I don't hate you. I don't hate you. Go ahead and tell me how bad you feel. You deserve to tell me just how bad you feel. Whoa. You see how far I have to, you see the leap I have to make from, from Penny sent me 10 stars. Thank you, Penny. From, from being able to, Helen says, but we're only human. You dadgum right. We are only human. We do the best that we can. We do the best that we can but you didn't show up here to keep doing things the way you've always done them. You show up here to learn something new, to do something new, but it will be hard because none of this, none of this is easy. It's all very simple, but it's not easy. So what you've gotta be able to do is make that leap. You've gotta make that leap from taking your child's words personally and seeing the trauma The hurt, the domestic violence, the nastiness, probably the cussing and the pain that lies when they emotionally regress. That's who you have to see. You can't allow your personal overwhelm to take you away from your child's pain experience. When your personal overwhelm takes you away from your child's pain experience, you miss the opportunity to help them work through it and get to the healing side. I'm going to also tell you what I suggested to one of my parents today. So that's just one. That's one way of thinking about it. And I, I realized this a long time ago. Long time ago. Oh, I remember it was, it was years and years ago. A little seven-year-old kid was saying to his parents that he wanted to kill them. And I just remember saying... What was his birth like? And mom said when his, mother, when his biological mother was pregnant, his dad tried to kill her. Oh, perfect, perfect. These words are connected to feelings that are their feelings but are really not their feelings. They do not arise from their feelings. They arise from someone else's feelings. A fetus can only feel what is occurring from the outside. They feel it and they store it. A fetus can only hear what is occurring from the outside. They feel it and they store it. A fetus can only think about what is coming from the outside. They feel it and they store it. And when that gets opened up, and it may be, it may be when they're five or 10 or 15 or 20, but when it gets opened up, it's still there, guys. The pain is still there. The emotion, emotion is energy emotion motion. It is still there. It is. It is a fragmented, a fragmented memory. It is not congruent it is not coherent it's incoherent it's still there it did not go away unless you express it process it and understand it it doesn't go anywhere and we never lose memories we just have to learn to make sense of them and if you've never had anyone help you learn to make sense of a memory it's still there and it's still haunting you every single day Mm -hmm. Stephen Covey I love you too, Mom. Stephen Covey says upset feelings never die. They are buried alive and they come back as something uglier. Upset feelings never die. They are buried alive and they come back as something uglier. That's one perspective. Birth trauma, pre- and in utero trauma, pre-verbal trauma, domestic violence. That's one experience. Number two experience. When your child is using such nasty words towards you. When your child is saying the ugliest, most vile words towards you, what they're actually doing is saying, this is how I think you feel about me. When your child says, fuck you, I hate you, what your child is actually doing is saying, you hate me. You hate me. You hate me. You don't love me. You hate me. They're actually saying that because that's their perception of how you feel about them. That's how you have the ability. You have the ability in that moment of brainstem activation to look at your child and say, I love you. I don't hate you. I love you. I love you. With that same intensity. Now listen to that. The child says, I hate you, but you look at them and you say, I love you. I don't hate you. Huh? You just caught them in an unconscious expression that they were not even aware of. You just corrected an unconscious expression that they were not even aware that they were having. So you, you tell them back. When well, anything your child says to you in the most vile, nasty way is their belief that that's how you feel about them. That's the power of mirror neurons. So anything your child says to you, that is their belief just being reflected back to you. What do you do about it? Catch it, listen to it, and tell them just the opposite. Tell them just the opposite. So today, the mom, the homework assignment I gave her, I said, this is not going to be easy. This is going to be very difficult, but I want you to choose when to do it. I want you to talk to your 16-year-old daughter, and here's what's got to happen. Number one, whether it's in the morning or whether it's in the evening, I want you to go to your daughter to her bedroom, and if it's in the evening, if you guys have had a really shitty day, I said, you're going to have to sit in that room while she fusses at you and yells at you and doesn't want you to get close to her until she will allow you to get close to her, and I want you to lay in her bed, and I want you to put her in your arms, have her lay in your arms, and I want you guys to talk about her birth history. I want you to talk about her in utero experience, and I want you to talk about her birth history. Some of you may not know. Make it up. You have a general idea. And if you don't have a general idea, you really need to get one, because it's really just a page. What was going on with the mom? And what, what environment was she in? And where was the dad? And was there drugs or anything else? That gives you a general idea. It doesn't have to get real complicated. You don't have to make it real difficult and real detail. All you have to do is talk about how scary it must have been when you were in your mama's tummy. Because here's what we know. Have the conversation. Why do you have the conversation? So the child can start to make some sense out of where all this madness within them is coming from. They can't make sense of it. They have no idea where all this madness is coming from. They need you to help them make sense of it. That's why you've gotta stop getting so overwhelmed and flip your lens, flip your lens and see the baby. See the baby, see the trauma, see the pain, see the hurt, see the grief. And I said to mom, you guys gotta grieve. Talk about that birth experience and be sad with her. You guys have to grieve. She has to grieve that pain. you got to grieve it. I said, I want you to keep doing it. I want you to do it every night for the next five days, whether it's morning or whether it's night. I want you to lay in her bed with her, holding her in your arms. I want you to talk about when she was a baby. She has to have that conscious awareness. The second thing I want you to do, and this is going to be really, really difficult, I want you to give her five hugs a day. She's the oldest child in the home, and yet emotionally she's the youngest. When she's stressed out, she is literally being like an infant, like a traumatized infant. And she just fluctuates from a traumatized fetus up to about a traumatized two-year-old year old because she's aggressive so i want you to give her five hugs a day and when you hug her you hug her tight and i want you to say i love you you're going to be okay because she's terrified of being sent away and those are two assignments that i gave the mom Leslie says, 15 years ago, I was so offended by words today, I shocked them by using them. Absolutely, the words are not gonna hurt anyone. What if a child hates being thought of as a baby? You don't have to think of your, your child does not know your thoughts. You have to see the child as a baby. You have to see the child as a baby. They don't know your thoughts. You You don't have to tell them they're a baby. You don't have to talk to them like they're a baby you see the traumatized baby it has nothing to do with the child and i tell you what if you share with the child you're just a scared baby right now and they say i don't want to be a baby you know why they don't want to be a baby they don't want to be a baby because that's when they felt helpless and that's when they felt scared that's when they felt overwhelmed and that's when they felt really bad and so you have to help them understand that they can work through that and you can support them through that and you're there with them now and everything is going to be okay and it's okay to have those feelings. You have the power to be able to do that. All right, that's it, guys. Uh, Ashley says, sadly, our son is 18 and will not let us hug him. It makes him aggressive advice. You don't have to hug him. You don't have to hug him. Start by being present with him. Look at it as a process. Mm-hmm. Be in his be in his same vicinity. Connect with him emotionally. I say to parents, just like I say to residential staff all the time, before you put your hands on a child, if you cannot calm them down without touching them, you should not touch them at all. If you can't calm a child down without touching them, you should should not touch them at all because that means you can't calm yourself down. So get in the same space, connect, breathe while you're talking to them, pray inside while you're talking to them, think positive thoughts while you're talking to them, while you're spending time with them. Keep thinking those positive thoughts, keep sending those, those loving vibrations from your heart and just keep getting familiar, more and more familiar. And every now and then, instead of hugging him, just give them a pat on the back. It's like just sensitizing him. You give them a pat on the back, you give him a rub on the head, you make eye contact, you smile. You'll know when it's time to get a hug. You'll know when it's time to ask for a hug. All right, guys, that's it. Hey, happy freaking fabulous Friday. Big Papa loves you. God bless you. Remember, in any given situation, we always have two choices. We can continue to just go on autopilot and continue to react from those same blueprints of stress, fear, and overwhelm. Or we can stop. We can slow down. Take three to ten deep breaths and choose love. You guys have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe. Stay calm. Stay connected. And I'll see you on Monday. Join us live on weekdays at 6.30 Central Time on Facebook at the Post Institute. Don't forget to get your copy of Brian's Best Selling Book, From Fear to Love, on promotion. Just pay shipping and handling at www.feartolovebook.com. That's www.feartolovebook.com.